0: Thank you for listening to Women of the Seven Cities podcast. I'm your creator and host, Abby Weaver. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage, inspire, and empower women in Hampton Roads to be more than they think is possible. You will hear true stories from women who are just like you. Women who became inspired to create businesses or run for school board. Women who don't let anything stand in their way. I hope you enjoy this show. And please, take some notes. You might learn something new today. Thank you for listening to Women of the Seven Cities. Today I have the awesome opportunity of interviewing Mary-Kate Andrus, um, say hello. Hi there. Um, this is my first out-of-home interview, which I'm very excited about. I usually have women come over to my house and hang out with my cat and me and um, just interview in my living room. So this is really exciting to be able to travel with it and makes me feel like maybe I should probably do this a little bit more. It might be easier for a lot of other women. Yeah, branching out's a little um, So I'm going to start really simple with um, who is Mary-Kate? Who is Mary-Kate? Uh,
1: Mary-Kate is born and bred from New Jersey, Cranford, New Jersey, um, moved here about 11 years ago, 12 years ago now with my husband, Kevin, who works for Norfolk Southern, um, and on a whim, you know, we were like, oh, we're just going to try this out. We're going to see, We've, we're, we lived in Philly at the time, and we thought we'll take a chance, so he took a job here. I knew that my skills and what I knew and what I um, knew how to do would be transferable, because mm-hmm. I was my first job out of college was selling gym memberships, Mm -hmm. but then my second job out of college was fundraising, and I fundraised for my alma mater. So I knew that I could fundraise anywhere for any nonprofit organization that I was passionate about. Okay, so what is it that you do now? So now I'm the CEO of the YWCA of Southampton Roads. I've been here about two and a half years. Um, It's a challenging job. Mm -hmm. I am a jack-of-all-trades. So I'm worried about the finances, I'm worried about the HR and the, the people that work for me, I'm worried about the services we provide in the community, mm-hmm. I'm worried about our brand and who we are and, and how we represent ourselves, and then I'm also fundraising, which is mm-hmm. works up, because as a CEO, it's good to also know how to fundraise. Good.
0: Um, so how did you um, get involved with YWCA, and what exactly... Um, What exactly is YWCA? Yeah, right. right. So, the
1: YWCA, um, our mission is to eliminate racism, empower women, and promote dignity, freedom, justice, and for all. What we do is we help victims of violence. So, we are a domestic violence shelter, but we also uh, respond to sexual assaults, and we work with human trafficking victims Mm -hmm. and stalking victims. So, we provide services. Services could be counseling, they could be uh, response to the hospital um accompaniment for a rape kit it could be um we stand next to you in court when you get a protective order um it could be shelter in times of need in really really dire times of need and we have a hotline that people call and they call the hotline then we direct them to the right services i knew nothing about the ywca before i came here I knew that it was confusing, that it might be the YMCA. I wasn't sure what the difference was. And saw the job posted and thought, oh, I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. When mm-hmm. six months went by and the job was posted again. And I thought, okay, I feel like this is speaking to me. I did my, dis- my dissertation on why women give. What motivates a woman to make a charitable gift? Mm-hmm. And so why not work for an organization that helps women and empowers them? seem like the right connection.
0: That me. makes sense. Yeah, it seems like the pieces fell together really well right there. Yeah. Um, so what are you hoping to um, gain from this job and to accomplish? Well, I had to turn the place around a little bit. We were in dire straits as far as financial.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we had dr- overdrawn in our line of credit, or drawn to the top of our line of credit, and we were not raising any money and I knew that I knew how to do that, so mm-hmm. I needed to come in here and do that. And I've really righted the ship with that. The finances, the line of credit, all those things are paid off, so that's good stuff. And so now it's just visionary. I really want people to know who we are and what we do. I want our brand to speak for itself. I want people to know who the YWCA is, not that we're the YMCA, not that we should be confused, but that we do a little something different. Okay. Um, I'd love to be able to see, to, see violence lesson.
0: I'd love to be able to, but I just, I don't know that I have control over that, right? Um, so. so what cool. is something that really inspires you through your day to, to do this job? I know it's probably a really difficult job to have. Um, it sure sounds stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some things that really inspire you to push you through your day?
1: So I guess it's the, you know, success stories that I hear. It's the results. You know, we took a woman with six kids in, In May, and she had no place to go, and it was a violent situation. And the last thing I want is her kids to see that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, just knowing that we could take them out of that situation and put them into a new situation where they can start over again is amazing to me. I I think the success story, I often describe it like a butterfly, right? Come in with a little bit of a broken wing and we want to make sure that you can fly off again. Mm -hmm. And I think just creating that sense of confidence and the uh, sense of empowerment, I can do this. I can lift myself up. I can get there that's what inspires me every day.
0: So what is the biggest success story that you've had in the time that you've worked here?
1: We had a woman who was a victim of violence. Um, She was 28 weeks pregnant. She came in with um, having faked a miscarriage to get out of her relationship. Um, And we took her into shelter and got her a social security card and a DMV, you know, license. And then it turns out that she wanted to go to school to be a phlebotomist. And so we paid for her to have her GED, and then we helped her get into phlebotomy school. And then off she went on her own into an apartment with a brand-new baby and a good job. That's really awesome. So it's a success story that we often tell because it takes a lot to get there.
0: Um, So what's really important to you about this position?
1: Um, I would describe myself as a transformational leader right there are many different types of of leadership and I think I needed to come in at the right time and and did that and and have been able to transform everything here Mm -hmm. by that I mean not just the finances but the attitudes right the environment Mm -hmm. um the teamwork the camaraderie the morale all those things were were struggling and so I pride myself on making sure that I'm transparent and have open door policy and you can come talk to me at any time um You can come yell at me at any time, whatever it is that that you need from me. But I'm trying to be accessible and I'm trying to communicate and I'm trying to foster a positive relationship and a a positive environment. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's my greatest success so far. Um, Every organization has its problems. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to lower the turnover rate. There's lots of things that I'm working on to just try to make sure that we're a really good family, a very cohesive unit, Mm -hmm. so that we can serve the clients that we serve.
0: Okay. Um, At the beginning of this interview, um, I told you that this was a a big interview for me, that I was very excited about it, um, and, and it was like a big deal. Um, And so if I elaborate on that, it's, um, so I grew up in a very abusive home and a very neglectful home. And so, um, being able to interview somebody who works with children and families who have gone through abuse and domestic violence and, um, all those things is really near and dear to me. And so that's why this, this interview was really special because I really felt like I have the opportunity to interview somebody who, um, reminds me of somebody who was there for me in my childhood Good, and so that's yeah. really exciting well for good me. I'm glad that it touches you that way that's yeah. important um I think that my turnover has been very well um I know that the statistics for for foster kids um is not so great and um I've read a lot about how most of them end up in jail um the children who end up staying with their families um, I think it said it had, like, an 80% chance of them going to college. Wow. and And having that, um, quote-unquote, normal life. Um, and so for me, like, growing up in foster care after 14 years of abuse... Um, was very difficult, but it turned to, um, I had this awesome opportunity with the podcast and getting to meet these empowered women who do all these wonderful things, and I went to college and got my degree, and I have a five-year-old, and like my life completely turned around, and that was why this podcast was very big and special to me. Good. Well, um, And you're inspiring young girls, too. I mean, you're a success story in your own right. That is my, my ultimate goal, is to really inspire younger women. Um, I looked into those big sister programs and consider doing that and um, thought that those would be really fun. But the podcast is is where I've started and um, it's really my way of reaching out to other women to encourage them and and give them the the strength to be able to do the things that they like to do and that they know they can do or that they feel... um, like they're unable to do, I want to give them the strength and the power to be able to see themselves the way that other women see them um, with so much strength and and love and care. and, And so that's a big deal for me. It's funny. I spoke at a, a luncheon a
1: couple months ago to a group of women who are Panhellenic hellenic Council. So basically they're all sorority sisters, right? Okay. And they're alumni. And I was a sorority sister, and I was a Girl Scout, and, and now I'm here. And what I talked about, which to me was meaningful, was our support system. Right? Women as each other's support system. Mm -hmm. You have someone in your life who is part of your support system. You may have one, you may have 10. Mm -hmm. I have three or four. And I can lean on them in times of trouble and I can tell them my deepest, darkest secrets. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, we as women are sort of elbowing each other out of the way instead of standing next to each other, lifting each other up, and maybe fixing each other's crown. Mm -hmm. And so I envision that I think women need to be more of a support system, sort of interlocking arms. And helping each other get to where we all need to go, because otherwise nothing's going to change. <sighs> Instead of knocking each other down and, and pushing each other out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I talked about. I talked about my sorority sisters being that support system for me in that time. And then my Girl Scout sisters being my support system for me in that time. And I'm hoping that the women that work around me here... Our, that support system for me but also can be that support system for our clients mm-hmm. kind of like a big old hug yeah so and I think we need to give younger women that same encouragement that same sense of you can do this you're going to be great it's going to be fine you're going to be fabulous mm-hmm. we will help you we will boost you up we'll give you that you know the two hands together to boost you up not knock you down or push you out of the way mm-hmm. so I, I think if
0: this inspires half a dozen women to do something they they weren't going to already do i would be thrilled to death. Yeah, that's the biggest part of it. That's so exciting is um I get to go back and look at how many people have listened to it and you know, I have one that has like sixty and then another has like thirty four. But the thought is that even if this just reached to one person and really helped that one person do something that they didn't think they were able to do, that's that's the reason I'm doing it. And um I'm really, um, you know, a friend brought this to me that they thought that I was um, doing this just uh, to discover who I am. And it dawned on me that that's kind of exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. This, this is what I'm using to to meet other women and to see where they got their start and how they were able to um, really turn their lives around into something beautiful and successful and empowering. Yeah. And, and not without a lot of hard work. Yeah. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. <laughs> That That is for sure.
1: Yeah. So before we go any further, not to sound like a commercial, but in case anyone's listening Mm -hmm. and they need help, because oftentimes when I tell the story of where I work and what I do, I get people who disclose that they need help. Mm -hmm. So what I would say is that if someone needs help, if they would call our hotline, which is Mm 757-251-0144, they can get the help they need. They'll talk to an actual live person. And so if even they just want to talk about it because they're not sure they're a victim of violence, that's okay too. So I want to put that out there because we sometimes when you talk about it or you reveal it, mm-hmm. it's like it really triggers people and it and it brings up some feelings that people are struggling
0: with. And I will disclose that I have called the hotline before. And um, it was one of those situations where I didn't really know if it was violence or not, but I was in a place where I needed somebody to talk to. And the woman that I spoke to on the phone, it was a real person. And she was so helpful and just listened as I bald my eyes out, right. and I'm sure she could barely understand what right. I was saying, but right. she was helpful. Yeah. And that's so, I really encourage, you know, any of the women that are listening, if you go through any of these situations or have any of these problems, to really call the hotline or check out the website or, or really reach out to somebody because these situations are so important and they're something that people don't talk about that often. It's very true.
1: Um, and you can talk there in anonymity. You don't have to give your last name. First name is, is fine.
0: Yeah. So, so what is something about this job that you love so much that you wouldn't trade for the world? Hmm. Um,
1: I think I like the ability to know that what I'm doing, the the decisions that I make on a daily basis are making an impact on someone's life. You know, it's that direct impact. It's the um, I'm going to wake up this morning and I'm going to make a decision and the decision's going to help somebody get through a difficult time. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't have that before in my previous jobs. I was doing something like everybody else was doing something, but here I get to make decisions that are going to impact people's lives for the, you know, for the better. Mm-hmm. So
0: I think that's encouraging and inspiring. So what would you say is your, and you don't have to answer this, <laughs> what is your least favorite part of the job? I
1: think my biggest challenge in this job is the people, right? Because people don't always get along with each other, mm-hmm. right? But here we are. We all want to do something. and We're all behind the same mission. And maybe we just don't agree with what each other says. And then you add on top of it an office of entirely women. Yeah. And, we- <laughs> and there's a lot of estrogen. And that's okay. And I'm not suggesting that you don't have an office full of women. Mm -hmm. But I'm suggesting there needs to be some maybe ground rules Mm -hmm. on how we treat each other, how we talk to each other. um, If we can limit the gossip, if we can limit the, you know, the putting down of each other, the mean girl attitude. Mm -hmm. And actually come together as one big cohesive unit, a team, and
0: actually work together. I worked for an office that was all women. Um, There were were a couple men, but they mainly worked outside of the office. And so you didn't see them too often. Right. And I realized very quickly that they were all very catty and gossipy and there was a lot of drama. Yes. <laughs> and it felt like high school all over again yes. with the clicks and things yes. like that. So um, I'm sure working in an office environment like that yeah. is not easy. But yeah. you guys have such a great mission that you're working on that um, that should be really the main focus and the biggest empowering tool that your office can have i agree is um, that your your mission to really help like really help other women and that's a big deal yeah really make an impact in their lives um so what does ywca stand
1: for It's the Young Women's Christian Association. It was originally a branch of the YMCA. The YMCA was for men. They worked out at the YMCA. The women worked out at the YWCA. The women learned how to pour tea and how to set a table. Hmm. and um, and, And at a certain time, at least during the war, women and men were not allowed to eat in the same cafeteria. So the YWCI was created as a place for women, a refuge for women. It did then become a, a, a place for women to rent rooms, to seek refuge. And so from there, I think we've morphed into this domestic violence shelter model mm-hmm. that is uh, needed. Uh, I mean, we had more than 8,000 clients last year Wow, um, that we spoke with, whether it was through a, a sexual assault or a domestic violence incident or counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have counseling for children who are victims of, of abuse mm-hmm. and so we have a, a really robust children's counseling program as well.
0: Um, what else do you have available for children of abuse or children of just in need in general? So we work
1: very closely with four kids and they do a really good job of providing shelter for homeless families mm-hmm. and then we provide before and after care programs for them in four public schools in Norfolk. And those schools are Title I schools, three of them are. And so those kids are eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner with us, when you think about it. And so we know they're getting three warm meals. We know that they have a place to sleep because they're living at four kids or they're living in in our shelter. Mm -hmm. And we know that they're getting homework assistance with before and after care. So we're doing the best we can to take care of those kids. We also currently have a TCC child care program, which is from um, two and a half to five years old. Um, And that's at all four TCC campuses. We have about 125 kids as part of that program, and the um, fee is income-based, so if you uh, don't have a lot of money, it's $72 a week, Wow! and it's a kindergarten preparedness program. It has an actual curriculum. Wow, that's so awesome. It is really awesome. So the kids can go to
0: college, too. Wow! Right. See, I'm starting TCC in the fall, and uh, my daughter's five, and she'll be six in February. Right. So I guess she only has that short window of short time to well, join. Yeah. But
1: but that if she's very not going to kindergarten,
0: and, you can put her in there. I wish she's going to kindergarten. So then We're she'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. Is she going full day or? Um, I think so. That's what I'm aiming for. Yeah. So I can work, and she can go to school. Yeah. And, um, but my partner works from home, so <laughs> it's kind of nice when she throughout the summer when they're at home and I'm at work. It works out. It works out, and I don't have to get a babysitter. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> the cost of so child care.
1: Affordable childcare is a huge barrier for mm-hmm. women. Um, also, affordable health care is a huge barrier. And um, YWCA National, if you've looked them at all, up at all, they have a whole maternal health program that mm-hmm. they're concerned about women of color and access to maternal health. So women of color who get pregnant have less access to medical care. Than the average, and so we're working on policies and you know, um, at the national level, to try to make
0: a difference in healthcare for women of color. That's really amazing. It's awesome. That's such a great project to be working on. It's awesome. Um, so, what's something that you really hope to improve or change from? Um, the projects that you're working on now I think for me
1: it's long-term sustainability of the organization mm-hmm. we had didn't have any money in the bank now we've got a bunch of money in the bank I want to set us up for a successful future I want to be able to hand it off to the next person in a good space mm-hmm. not in a bad space and so I plan to stick around for as long as it takes to get us there um, I do think that short term I'd re- really like to see us have a different and bigger shelter Because when uh, February and March hit and we were so busy, we were putting women in in hotels. So how many shelters do you have in the area? We have one shelter. It's two buildings and it holds a maximum of, I think, 36 people. Okay. So we had 76 people in shelters. So we had to put 40 of them in hotels. And I don't like them to be in hotels because they're out at a hotel and we're here. And we bring them food, which is great but they're not getting the care and the service that we can provide mm-hmm. there. They have to constantly make their way back and forth to the hotel. Which Plus, could at
0: times be difficult if they don't have transportation.
1: Or... And we provide transportation. Okay, great. We do. We um, we spend a lot of money on cabs and, and bus mm-hmm. pick, uh, passes and such. It's the... I don't know. It's the camaraderie. It's the being close to staff. It's being close to the services I think they need. I mean, you know, you go on vacation and you stay in a hotel for four or five days, whatever, it's fine. You're on vacation. Yeah. But when you're forced to live in a hotel and for more than four or five days, it becomes pretty tiresome.
0: Yeah. So I can see we that.
1: do what we can to move folks either back into homes of family members, maybe they're estranged family members, we can reconnect them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and or we try to get people some new apartments and
0: get them started over again that's really awesome yeah so what's the biggest lesson that you've learned um throughout mm-hmm. the few years that you've been here biggest lesson
1: um maybe think before you speak <laughs> um or you know maybe sleep on it um there's both of those. yeah there's a lot of big decisions that need to be made here <laughs> and I want to make a decision and my gut reaction is to make a decision because there's because we operate in crisis, mm-hmm. right? So we're reactionary here instead of being proactive. Mm-hmm. But I have to take a second to say, okay, wait a minute. Can it be how it is right now till I can think about it and have some time to sleep on it? Mm-hmm. And really be thoughtful about my decisions. So I think making careful and thoughtful decisions is probably what I've learned.
0: Good. That's yeah. really awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, so my last question for you would just be, why is empowering women so important to you? Again,
1: I think like I mentioned before, there are plenty of women out there who don't lift each other up. And I think empowering women is really key. It's going to be the key to our success, mm-hmm. to our future. We are not going to get a female president if we don't empower each other, right? That's we don't lift each other up. We need more female Supreme Court justices. We need more female astronauts and so on and so forth. And I think if we don't lift each other up, then we're not going to get anywhere. So empowering women is where we have to begin. We have to begin to empower each other.
0: Yeah, so
1: I agree with that. Yeah. Um. It's really, I see it too often where people are sort of snarling at each other instead of encouraging each other. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's sort of my personal, my small personal mission is to catch those snarlers and say, hey, don't snarl at her. You know, lift her up, encourage her, don't yeah. you know, look
0: down at her. Yeah. So. Um, my, my partner's currently at camp, and he was just telling me that um, – He said, I don't know how you try so hard to empower these women um, and be nice to all of them because I'm looking at all of my students because they're at youth camp. It's like, I'm looking at all my students, and we're playing games, and none of them are encouraging each other. And I'm just trying not to, like, lose my mind by mm-hmm. yelling at them to funny? be nice to
1: each other. Yeah. Um, I, I was telling somebody today, I think kindness has disappeared. Mm-hmm. I'm going to literally buy a shirt that says the word kindness. I'm going to wear it every day. Because mm-hmm. I feel like people don't think before they speak mm-hmm. in a negative way. Facebook, you know, I saw something about those fabulous Norfolk police officers who were doing that cute little video. Oh, someone And someone instantly them. Instantly ripped them, and I was like, "What?" And then, of course, someone ripped that person who ripped him. And I'm just like, "Stop! Everyone, stop!" <laughs> I think people are not afraid to say what they think anymore. I think there are no filters, and I think, unfortunately,
0: it's going to lead us down a path of destruction. I agree with that. But, um, I think that that um, not even just with women. I think with men as well. Trying to empower each other and build one another up is yeah. so vital and so yeah. important in today's. Um, economy and today's just today's everything yeah um it's such a big deal to try to build each other up because there's so many people out there that are just tearing one another down and it's it's hard to um really see the true beauty in oneself um the the biggest enemy we have is ourselves and so um it's nice to be able to have opportunities like this to build one another up and I think we should do that more often I agree I am I'm on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is all I have for you today. Uh, thank you so much for Absolutely. letting me come here yeah, and interview thank you. It's been um, cool. It's been yeah, fun. this has been fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about mm-hmm. it. Um, so, thank you so much again. Um, and please continue listening to Women of the Seven Cities. Thank you for listening to Women of the Seven Cities podcast. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram or visit our website at sevencitieswomen.wordpress.com.